Rabotai, we continue our study of the Tariyak Mitzvot, and uh, today we're up to the 400th Mitzvah, and that is the first Mitzvah in Parashat Pinehas, and that is the Mitzvah that is the law of Nahalot, the law of inheritance, positive commandment. The Pasuk reads, Ish ki yamut, uben en lo, va'abartem et nahalato lebito, vim en lo bat, etc. So the Torah in Perich Abzayin, Pesukim Chet Yud Aleph, give us the succession of how inheritance works. Now, it should be pointed out that the Chinuch warns us of a misconception that's made in other religions. Other religions <coughs> or beliefs actually uh, want the Morish, which is, let's say, the father in this case, to actually give his assets to his children. And uh, therefore, they don't want him to gift any of his assets away to anybody else <coughs> before he dies. <coughs> Because by doing that, you're going to deprive the children from the assets. Says the Sefer HaChinuch, Ze'eno. That's not the Torah's belief. Torah's belief is that Hashem gave him his money to do whatever he wants with it. If he wants to give it away, if he wants to burn it, if he wants to squander it. There's no deen that he has to hold on to his money to give it to his children. But the law does say that the child is the next in line if the father dies... There is a natural connection that the child has to that money, and therefore when there's no more uh, uh, morish, then automatically the yoresh is going to be the first one to have a, a hold on it. But then, uh, but then that does not stop uh, the, um, the father to, again, gift his money before he dies to whoever he wants and get rid of it. The uh, Torah says it's his money to do as he wishes. But of course he cannot override the laws of Yerusha. As we learned several times, a person cannot say, my son, this son is not going to inherit with the other brothers. That's being oker davar mena Torah. You're not allowed to, you know, override a law from the Torah. Torah says a son inherits just because the father's angry at him. He cannot take him out of the, uh, take him out of the will. You know, the laws of inheritance apply nonetheless. Now what's the shortage of this mitzvah? Why would God give us such a mitzvah of inheritance? So he says, very interesting, the Chinuch, that the, the gifts that a Kadosh Baruch Hu, uh, give a person, his blessings, his bounty, his prosperity, his money. So uh, when God gives a blessing, he wants that blessing to be uh, a permanent blessing. Um, and uh, therefore, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that Adam Arishon sinned and people die, the blessing should be on that person forever. And God wants that blessing to perpetuate on that person as long as he can. And therefore, by giving it over to the, uh, to the children, so that continues it, to keep it in the family, in order that the blessing will be on that person. And then he has a, uh, an interesting hadush uh, that, well, if there's no children, then it starts to go to relatives. Where do, where do relatives, closest of kin, how do they get involved in inheritance? And he says, because maybe he was influenced by them, by learning from them, maybe usually they're older than him or something like that, and therefore they influenced him to be a certain person where he was worthy of the blessings. So they should share in his blessings because they influenced him positively to get the blessings in the first place. 
So therefore, they're part of the they're part of the beracha. It's just the way he explains it. Doesn't mean that if they're not part of it, they're not going to get it. Again, the Hanuk is not trying to give reasons to say if the reasons don't apply, the law doesn't apply. He's just trying to sweeten it up. That that happens a large time. That when you have older relatives that are ending being yoresh, an uncle or a great uncle might have had an influence on a person, and therefore could be that it's because of him that you uh, deserve the blessing in the first place. So therefore, he shares it. Now the Hanuk goes into some of the intricate laws of Yerusha. So we'll just go through them quickly. So a son obviously inherits before a daughter. And not only the son, but all the descendants of that son, his son, his grandson, always will come first. The, the, the boy's line all the way down will come first before the daughter. Uh, however, if there's no son, so then the, uh, the daughter uh, will come first before the brothers of the Morish. Uh, and uh, not only the daughter, but all the descendants of the daughter will come uh, before the brothers uh, of the Morish. Now, uh, the brothers or the sisters of the deceased come before the uncles. So again, assuming there's no son, and there's no children from the son, and there's no daughter, and there's no children from the daughter. Well, if there's no daughter, there's not going to be any children. But it could be she's died, and she left children. There's not none of that either. And then we said we go to the brothers and the sisters of the deceased. And if they don't, uh, and, they, and they come before the uncles. However, all the descendants of the brothers and the sisters come before the uncles. So if they have children as well. Now we go to the uncles. The uncles, uh, the paternal uncles or the, uh, uh, the, 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 the father's brothers, or, um, or, or they come before uh, other relatives. So the uncles then are the next in line. They go before the other relatives. Now... There is nobody in Yisrael that does not have a Yoresh. Because, I mean, just go back to Adam and Abraham Avinu. I mean, eventually, you're going to find somebody up the chain that is related to some He's a convert, but if he's a Yisrael, uh, there's, uh, like, like the saying goes, where there's a will, there's an uh, inheritor. So now, the, um, uh, the Pasuk, uh, the Hakamim said that, En ha'em Yoreshet baneha. Shemetu. Like, God forbid, if children die, the mother is not Yoresh, her children that died. Uh, when we talk about brothers in regards to inheritance, it's only paternal brothers, but not maternal brothers. Now, even if the son is a mamzer, you know, that doesn't take him away from Yirusha. And even if he's a mamzer, that became an apostate, that, you know, uh, went uh, became a shmad. He went against. Uh, he defected. Uh, it doesn't matter. So, so it seems Yerusha is not dependent on religious level and observance. Bottom line: a son is a son, and therefore the father cannot box him out of the uh, box him out of the Yerusha. Now, Hachamim made takanot in the laws of Yerusha that a person should inherit his wife once he gets married. So, therefore. Uh, the money of the wife goes directly to the husband after marriage. Now, if we're talking about this, the Chinook then brings us into the intricate laws of Bechor. Bechor, which is the firstborn, which you know that the firstborn uh, does get uh, double. And the question is, how do you, uh, how do you break, a, uh, how do you give that, uh, how do you make that divide? So let's say, a simple case, you have two brothers, uh, Reuven and uh, Shimon. And let's say there's uh, $99 uh, that uh, the, the father has to inherit. So you take that $99 and you divide it into three parts. So therefore it's 33, 
33, 33. So it's equal, three equal parts. Reuven being the Bechor gets two thirty-three, so he'll get 66 bucks. And then the Shimon will get the remaining 33. So that's how, and then the same thing if there's three brothers. So then you div- if there's three brothers, you divide the estate into four parts, equal parts. And if there's four brothers, you divide the estate into five equal parts. And then if you divide it into five equal parts, the Bechor takes two of those parts, and then you divide the rest amongst uh, the other brothers. As we learned many times in the Gemara, Bechor only gets and the double portion what the father had at the time of his death. But let's say uh, a guy owed the father money, and that wasn't paid till after, so the Bechor is not going to get a double portion on what was not in the father's bank account at the time of the death. That's going to be divided equally amongst the uh, amongst the brothers. Um, <clears throat> A uh, father is ne'eman. Father is believed to say, this son over here is my bichor. And he's also ne'eman to say uh, that this, uh, this isn't my son. The Torah gave the father a ne'emanut. Uh, even after the son was already established, being a son, he's ne'eman to say, sorry, he is not my son. The Torah gives him uh, rights for that. Now the laws of Yerushah obviously apply in all places. In all times, male and female alike, uh, and somebody transgresses on this and uh, tells and commands a son that, you know, uh, whether the father was healthy, he was on his deathbed, he told the son, you're not getting any of my inheritance. Uh, he has transgressed this positive commandment, even though his words mean nothing. I mean, let him say whatever he wants. I mean, the, the inheritance is coming to regardless, but since his intention was to box him out, so then he's mevatel this mitzvatase. Now, uh, again, this does not stop a person from gifting away all his money before he dies, and therefore he doesn't have to be, you know, Morish at all. However, uh, there is stories told about the tzaddikim that uh, kept a little money just to fulfill the mitzvah of Yerushah, so they could be uh, giving it to their children. And then later on, the rabbis made all sorts of takanot when they started to see that the girls were getting, uh, you know, boxed out of Yerushah, because they have no right to Yerushah, uh, they're supported by their husbands usually. So then the rabbis saw that it was bringing to conflict, so they started to make uh, different takanot, uh, that the girl uh, will be supported to a certain degree, like we know the second ketubot, and the brothers have to take care of their sister to a certain amount of the estate. And then they started adding that uh, you could put some, uh, some, some gifts to the girls, which uh, as long as the father, let's say, write in his will, that uh, I want to give uh, a gift to my daughter, you know, one minute before I pass away, she should get a million dollars. So that's not a Yerushan. The, the boys could not have any claim on that. Hey, you're taking my inheritance. It wasn't an inheritance. It was a gift that was given one minute before he passed away. And the father has every right, you know, to do that. And the boys would have no claim. But again, a person has to be smart when it comes to the laws of Yerushan because even though he wants to be a stickler and follow the book, but he has to remember there's a reality out there that when a person's a very rich man and he has daughters that are struggling and uh, the boys are rich and he gives all the money to the boys, the girls remain struggling so what he probably did is uh, broke his family up and destroyed the family for the next hundred years for a few dollars. And uh, we've seen it time and time again. So, you know, uh, all of a sudden, a guy that doesn't follow any of the laws of the Torah, when it comes to Yerushah laws, all of a sudden I became very religious and followed this to, to the law. But they want you to follow Shabbat like you follow Yerushah. Now, because, you know, that comes to money, then everybody uses the Torah law to their advantage. But again, one has to be uh, not only uh, uh, obliging the law, but he has to be smart as well not to... Let the law of the Torah, you know, break up a, a family. But these are the, the general, uh, general rules on how Yerusha works.